0: So I would love it if mom, our listeners wanted to look me up there. I'm at Meganfrancis.substack.com and that's Megan with two A's, M-E-A-G-A-N-Francis.substack.com.
1: and welcome to episode 391 of the Mom Hour. I am Sarah Powers here with Megan Francis. Hey, Megan. Hey,
0: Sarah. Thanks for
1: having me. Are you grateful? <laughs> yes, I'm so grateful to be here. <laughs> we are talking about gratitude today and it's, I guess it's um, childhood inverse, the gimmies and mm-hmm. the um, the seemingly more greedy behavior that kids can display, especially this time of year when the toy catalogs are arriving And all of the marketing is geared toward wanting uh, us to buy things for our children for the holidays. And so this is always a good topic to reflect on. Things have changed a ton for us um, as our kids have gotten older. And one thing that was kind of fun as we thought about this episode is we went back to the way, way, way oldies, but goodies archives of the Mom Hour. And we did a very similar episode in 2016, Megan, November of 2016. So six years ago. Um, Wow. Katie from our team was listening to it and she messaged me. And, you know, in our intro, I used to say my kids are two, five and seven and her kids are two, five and seven right now. So oh, I don't know. It's just like time passes, man. Yeah. Um, so we went back and we listened to that episode. And um I think what we want to do is almost treat today like a like a pairing to that. If your kids are really small and you are struggling with the like toy catalog gimmies and you're hoping to cultivate A culture of gratitude in your family, but with really little kids, we are going to link up that episode and highly recommend it. I think it still stands as a, as a great listen. And then what we're going to do today, um, is just continue that conversation with the ages our kids are now. So it's almost like a little, a little two for one, I would even say if you wanted to pause your listening right now, go listen to that. And then like you will time travel, you'll time travel back and then you'll time travel back to a world
0: before quality audio. Yes. (laughs) A little bit
1: bit of 2016, um, recording and podcast (laughs) engineering. Um, or if not, if you are in our stage of life with big kids and are still thinking about this, um, these holiday gimmies and cultivating gratitude within your family, just keep on listening. So, It's a choose your own adventure kind of thing we got going today. Yeah,
0: I love it. And I think that um, it's kind of fun to think about where I was in particular. I mean, I know you were so you your kids were two. You said two, five and seven. Yeah. Yeah. So that's like a huge change. But what was interesting for me is that a lot of the kids I had then were like the same ages as kids I have now. They're just different kids. So I think that's interesting, too
1: it is really interesting. Yeah. But you in 2016, you still had everybody at home, right?
0: Everybody at home. Uh, Jacob might have been he had graduated this the spring before. Okay, He may have been like out, but but they were all like, yeah, I still had four kids in school. Yeah. Um, and I was still very much in the thick of like, yeah, school kid parenting. Yeah. For and sure.
1: Teenagers. But you would have still had a little yep. and you don't have any. Clara was
0: I think would have been eight yeah. or seven. She would have been seven.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Amazing. So before we get into um, kind of the meat of the episode, I just thought it'd be fun to do a a quick check-in on holiday shopping because this is November. Greed and gratitude happen all year round, by the way, but (laughs) we are recording this in November and it is a particularly seasonal topic. So are you buying for kids who want stuff this season? Uh,
0: So I, I mean, I am starting to find buying, first of all, let me just say that if there have, if there has been, um, overspending in my household at the holiday, which there has I'm just <laughs> spoiler alert, there has been, um, I take full responsibility for that. It is not because my kids ask for too much. Like, I'm just going to say that like yeah. it's on me. Yeah. I like to give, I have a little single mom guilt or I don't even like single mom guilt. I think that's the wrong, it puts the wrong spin on it. It's more like, this is something I can do for them that keeps yeah. the holiday feeling, you know, fun and festive and even when things could be weird and I get a lot of pleasure out of it. And I'm finding that like the, the returns on that are getting worse and worse for me as the kids get older. Cause I truly just don't know what they want half the time, or I don't care. The, the stuff they want isn't fun for me. Um, Claire is still pretty fun to shop for. Cause I can go buy her a bunch of little fun stuff like art supplies and, you know, hair stuff, like all those kinds of things. But the boys, I, they're, their tastes are so specific. I don't understand their tastes. I don't really get into what they're into. It's not a lot of fun. And there's, it's really hard to wow. A 17 year old. Um, Ah. which Owen will be this year, especially a 17 year old who's not all that inclined to be wowed by anything ever. Right. So I'm finding myself in a weird place this year. I don't, you know, it used to be so easy to just blow their minds, yeah, and then you have to start spending more and more money, and, um, and then you start you don't blow their minds anyway. So I'm just in a place where I haven't really started doing any shopping, and I'm contemplating pretty hard what that's going to look like this year.
1: Yeah, I I agree. I think it's challenging. This is our first year, so Violet is a January birthday, so she'll be almost ten at the holidays, and it is the first year with all three kids having a more mature, sophisticated understanding of holiday magic. Wink, wink. Yeah. Um, so that's a bit different. So nobody's going to pop out of their bedroom um, with quite the same anticipation of magic. And I'm OK with that, by the way. That's like a whole separate episode. But I'm, I'm, I was really ready for that yeah. to be behind us. It that, does simplify things a lot. Yeah. Yes. And it was getting increasingly just tricky. Um, the shopping, I agree with a 14 and a 12, um, we're in this place where I think they still wish that they had all of the excitement and anticipation of a, you know, gadget filled doodad filled, like lots of little things filled (laughs) holiday, but that's not what they actually want. we'll, we'll get in when, when it comes to like greed and gimmies, what that looks like with teens and older kids. It's not everything from the, dollar, the do, uh, dollar section at Target or the the Oriental Trading Catalog. Like, But I almost feel like they nostalgically wish that they still wanted those yep. things. And so that makes shopping tricky. Uh, on a positive side, I will say, Brian and I, we haven't really started, but we've had really good conversations about the budget this year that I was feeling like we'd gotten away from. And Brian, like you, he's more like you. He really loves the act of buying and giving and is more likely to just buy a bunch of stuff right before Christmas. And then I'm sometimes left feeling like, well, I had kind of been pretty intentional about like the way I'd been shopping. We were like working in parallel universes and sometimes it led to mismatched feelings, um, or resentment. And I, I feel like we had some really healthy conversations about it this year about how to let him do Christmas in the way that feels joyful for him without me feeling like I just got steamrolled or like all of the hard work I had put in um, and the values that are important to me, like are being ignored. So I'm feeling good about that. Yeah.
0: I think that's so cool. And you know, one thing that I think is really hard sometimes when kids get older and I, I have a memory, a very distinct memory of the, the, um, let's see, I would have been 13 going on 14. That Christmas, being really disappointed yeah. by my gifts and yeah. wondering why I was so disappointed, I got nice stuff. Like I got stuff that I that I would use, like clothes. I mean, what else would yeah. I have wanted at that age anyway? And it was because of that realization. Like, yes. oh, nothing is gonna wow me the way it did when I was seven right. anymore. Like that's just never going to really happen again until maybe I'm like in the movie or in the commercials when someone gets a car for yeah. Christmas, which will probably never happen to me. Yeah, um, exactly. But it's, it's just not going to happen. And I think as your kids, it's like, you're trying to still fit, um, a new family into the old mold. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like you're trying to fit a new, like everyone's needs are different and we don't have any hangers on anymore either. So for a long time, you can kind of say, well, we're still doing it for the little ones. Right. But now we're all in the same boat. And I have thought pretty hard about how could I make this holiday special? Yeah. Um, you know, by maybe blowing everything up and just asking everybody, like, how can we all go in on this together? Like why, instead of me doing it all, and then it's just all this big event. And after 20 minutes, there's just a big pile of wrapping paper and everyone's like, okay, that was cool. (laughs) Yeah. Thanks mom. Um, what is, are there ways that we can all pitch in and make, and that's, then maybe that's more fun for everybody else. Like maybe me clinging to this a little too hard, isn't actually helping.
1: Well, if anything, if it makes, you feel hopeful. I think my mom's actually done a, like an amazing job of that over the years. And because I'm the oldest, I've, I've sort of had an awareness. Like I see, I see what you're doing. Like I see, I see how you're yeah. shifting this. And I, I mean, I don't know if she'd say differently, but I really do think she several times as we became young adults was like, well, that doesn't serve us anymore. Like let's try right. this. So I, I guess I absolutely encourage you to blow it up. Um, and you know, eventually you'll have grandkids who want tiny things from oriental trading. <laughs> so.
0: Exactly. And I'm looking for, as we've talked about in recent episodes, I'm not there yet, but I did. I just want to quickly say that I had one for Jacob's birthday. The other day I had lunch. Um, we all had lunch together and I said, guys, I'm not like, I don't want any of you having kids just yet, but I think in five years, I think, I think in five years I'm going to be ready. And Jake and Isaac both looked at each other. They're like, that's great because that's the timing we've been talking about. So oh they already have a plan to have kids in five years.
1: Oh my gosh. That is amazing. Not with each other, I don't think. <laughs> I don't think they're gonna like just be co parent,
0: you know, brother co parents in an adoptive situation. But um I thought that was like that just made me smile. It was so cute. It is so
1: and cute made me really and it, happy. Saying five years just puts a like like holy moly, like that you I could know. Yeah. Okay, that's amazing. That, but they'll be twenty eight and thirty. Yeah.
0: So yeah. That's from our, O-U-R com
1: code MOMOUR. Megan, the end of the school year and kickoff to summer is a busy time of the year for families, but we can all eat stress free and hit our wellness goals with ready to eat meals from our sponsor, Factor.
0: Factor's delicious meals are never frozen and can be ready to eat in just two minutes. You can pick from a weekly menu of 35 options, including popular choices like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Plus, they have more than 60 add-ons like breakfast, lunch, snacks, and beverages to keep you fueled all day long.
1: So our team was comparing notes recently on our favorite factor meals and Katie loved the herb-crusted chicken with mashed cauliflower and toasted almond green beans. I loved that one too. And get this, so did her little boy, Charlie. She heated it up for lunch one day and Charlie, who's three, ate almost all of the green beans. I mean, that's quite an endorsement, right?
0: I was going to say, what a parenting win. <laughs> and I get it, Charlie. Those green beans are crazy good. And if you really want to treat yourself, they even have meals with filet mignon, shrimp, truffle butter, broccolini, and asparagus. Listeners, head to factormeals.com slash momhour50 and use code momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code MOMHOUR5050 at factormeals.com slash MOMHOUR50 to get 50% off your first box, plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. Okay, Sarah, so in our old episode, we talked a lot about little kids wanting stuff. And of course, bigger kids want stuff too, but it often looks different, right? So in your house, what does that wanting look like?
1: Yeah, it it's so funny. I mean, I haven't had one of those meltdowns in the checkout line where they want like a bag of chips or a pack of Pokemon cards yeah. or you know, like <laughs> in years. So that kind of wanting, the the just seeing something, wanting it today and just being beside yourself that you can't have it. I mean, those of you in that stage of life, that that takes a lot of mental energy and it does mm-hmm. go away. So so that has abated. What happens instead? I feel like is a couple of things. Um, They either want something big, which by big I mean expensive. um, Which, you know, I remember being in that stage too. And that then it's up to Brian and I to decide. Like, okay, is this a big ticket item? Uh, Reed wanted a three D printer for his birthday in June. And we did end up getting it for him. And we were sort of frank with him. We'll talk a little later about managing expectations, but we were pretty frank that like, this is a one and done birthday. Like, cause what you want is, is enough that. So yeah, so there's the big ticket stuff, but where I see it almost more often is that they, they want to keep acquiring stuff in a category that I personally feel a little judgmental about or see very little value in. And that's where I, as a mom have to really check my own I guess, like judgmentalness and, and allow them to want. So Luke loves shoes, like expensive Nikes and like, we'll save money for one pair of Nikes after another, his own money, babysitting money um, or holiday money or ask for it for Christmas. So it's not my place to apply a judgment over whether one needs multiple pairs right. of Nikes, but that that's where it looks like the gimmies to me because I don't value that thing. Reed is mm. acquiring Magic the Gathering cards at a rate that's like I'm like picturing him like a little like buried in boxes. And um <laughs> like, again, I it's not something that's personally valuable to me. Violet wants everything. I mean, she's still the one who's kind of little, but like she keeps going into Claire's. We have a Claire's in our sad little mall. We don't have a lot of chain stores here, but we do have a Claire's. And when she gets like anything more than like four dollars, she'll go to Claire's and continue to buy stuff that's going to break or get lost or fall apart because it's of disappointing quality. So a lot of, I think my work is not judging what they want and to remember that I was the same way at their age, whatever. I think I would like, I probably wanted leotards. I would look at the dance catalog and just want like Mm -hmm. relatively expensive dancewear. And I'm sure my mom was like, you're like, Why? Like, do you need another one of these? (laughs) And to me, I did. So I think the thing that we said in that episode six years ago remains true today is it's okay for kids to want things like I want my kids actually to live in a world where they can just get super excited about something and passionate about it and want it. That doesn't mean we're going to buy it for them, but there's nothing wrong with the wanting, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, I I agree. And I think sometimes we can be uh, a little too scorched earth in our idea of what it means to be a kid who's appropriately, you know, I guess whatever the opposite of having the gimmies, is. right. <laughs> like not greedy we expect them yeah. to have no desires at all. I and mean, it's not very realistic. That's not what we, I mean, I, we all want stuff, even the most minimalist of yeah. us wants things. Um, and it's, yeah, it's, I have the same Inner judgment when it's something I don't understand. Sometimes, especially when it's things around video gaming, because I have a knee jerk reaction to that. Um, and sometimes the kids are like, "I just need this add on for what," and I, I don't, or this mod, I don't even understand what that is. <laughs> so then there's like an yeah. additional layer of me feeling clueless, right? And not, I'm like, "But you already have the game, yeah, yeah." But we need this other thing. I'm like, or like an expansion, like, but it's not a what is there to expand? It's not a physical game. It's in your it it lives in me. the what inner world. <laughs> yeah, they can't because it's digital, right? So. Anyway, um, I, I do struggle with the same thing, but I, I remind myself the same thing. Like I want what I want and you know, we all have our categories that we get excited about. Um, I actually think it's interesting. My kids have been all over the map with the way they are about wanting and it's really the older they get, the more those differences in personality, I think start to just, they almost like dig into them a little bit or lean into them and they become like very stark. So I'm just going to talk about the two kids under 18, because yeah. I can't, you know, it's not really fair to talk about my adult kids and their Gimmies. wants. Cause it's very, it's very different. They don't ask me for anything. Yeah. So the older ones, um, so Owen has very limited wants almost sometimes to an annoying degree. Like I'll have to remind him that he should tell me when he needs new socks or razors or whatever. Cause he won't tell me. Yeah. And then next thing I know, I'm like, I know, you know, he's using someone else's old razor and has razor burn. I'm like, what are you doing? Oh, you know, <laughs> I'm out of blades. Okay. Well, if you just to- I don't have a magical sixth sense about when you need stuff. So you have right. to tell me he's also very thrifty with his own money. Um, he hardly ever spends it. And he only really invests in like super specific things he finds cool, which I don't get, but whatever, like um, hoodies with his favorite band logo on them. He'll he'll wait until this band he follows or some creator he follows comes out with new merch. And then that's the only thing he wants. He doesn't yep. otherwise yep. really care about clothes, manga books, things like that. So I, I actually find that kind of admirable. It's so specific. It doesn't lead to clutter if it doesn't add value to his life, like in a way he specifically values. Yeah. He doesn't want it, and he would actually not want me spending my money on it. It doesn't matter yeah. whose money it is. Um, I think I told you before that he refused one time. I wanted him to get DoorDash while I was gone because I wanted him to get, I don't know, something for he and Clara, and he refused because he just thought that the fee was too high. He's I like, I can't you
1: saying that. I can't. Do I can't it, Mom. in
0: good conscience spend your money on this. I was like, okay, I appreciate that. I mean. I was a little bit bummed because I wanted you guys to eat. And instead, they just like didn't eat until I got home. But I get it. So he's on one extreme, right? So he's really hard to shop for. He's going to give me a list of exactly what he wants, because if I go off the list, I take the risk of getting him something he doesn't want, which to him is like a bummer.
1: Right. It's not like a fun
0: surprise. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a liability. So Claire is the opposite. She's super easy to please. Anything I give her is the best thing ever. And I can go to the store and bring back. I mean, she's 13 years old. I could go to the store and bring her back like a little stuffed animal or something. She'd be thrilled. Yeah. Just because I got her something. Yeah. Um, But the other thing, the other side of that is she constantly wants new things. She doesn't really take care. Mm-hmm. I don't want to say doesn't take care. It's not like she has a bunch of broken stuff or like, she just doesn't ever streamline. Yeah. She doesn't. There's no streamlining happening. So she's got a closet stuff full of clothes that she'll tell me she doesn't like. But then she complains that she doesn't have clothes. And um, she just wants to acquire more stuff without actually getting rid of things, even things she actively dislikes. Yeah. And and it's not like she's asking for high ticket items like these are art supplies, yeah. secondhand clothes. She loves secondhand clothes. It's not the price tag. It's the accumulation. Yes, I know exactly that I have a hard I mean. time with. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think Violet is, well, she's quite a bit younger, but I think she is headed that way. And she also like, same thing. I could bring something home. I mean, the, the receiving of a gift, the getting of a package in the mail, it's like that acquiring is, um, a little dopamine hit, I think. And then, yeah, the have not necessarily curating or streamlining is a great (laughs) way to put it. So yes, I know exactly what you mean. Um, I have also noticed the gimmies with my kids When it comes to things like you mentioned, the video game mod add on where there's like there's no thing. And you're like, but right. What am I even saying yes to? I actually notice it, too, with um, plans and experiences. And when Mm. we're talking about like a sort of an unflattering, quote unquote, greedy image of a kid who like, you know, just doesn't doesn't maybe appreciate things or just wants and wants and wants. I think it's I I would include experiences in that, too, because I feel like I my kids have a harder time understanding the no or the why behind a no Mm -hmm. for um, a why can't we go do that thing this weekend or why can't I go to this thing Um, more than if I said no to uh, a physical object, which I just think is interesting. And I have also thought a lot about the pandemic which kind of put a pause on a lot of fun experiences amusement parks going to the county fair like all these things and post pandemic or whatever you want to call that I feel like for a whole year we greenlit everything we took them to everything we spent we bought the ticket for everything and the wristband we didn't say no to the hot dogs when we were there we kind of like really leaned in and I have just noticed the maybe entitlement that comes From that and wanting to like course correct that a little bit like now we live in a world where there are unlimited fun things to do and we are not going to say yes to all of them so I guess like again I don't see this as any kids fault because we are the grown-ups and we set the tone for our family but I do see it as an opportunity for Brian and I to recheck some of our boundaries and then to hold those boundaries so that they get used to again like, Oh, that would be fun. I wonder if mom and dad will let us do it. I feel like now it's just the assumption is yes.
0: Well, and I think, I mean, that's hard for adults too. I, I think for, um, for me, it was like coming out of that pandemic, things opened back up. Oh man, I can go out to eat again. I could do these things. And then it's like, that becomes the default Yeah. instead of staying home to entertain yourself and cooking or like playing a board game or whatever the The default becomes, oh, there's something out there, yeah. there's something out there that's going to make life more fun and happy, and then then you almost have to like as an adult, I often have to train myself back out of that, yeah, and remind myself there's plenty to do at home. um, there's plenty of food at home, like that's a conversation I have to have with myself a couple times a year just to get myself out of that habit, so yeah. it's no it's no surprise that it happens to our
1: kids too, yeah. Do you find yourself and we can speak specifically about Christmas or, uh, you know, holiday gifting now. Do you find yourself ever wanting to I don't know how to say this, like to reality check your kids expectations before a holiday, especially big kids who might want big ticket items? Have you ever had to be like, hey, guys, just so you know, money's a little tight this year or like. Hey, Clara, I know this was your first thing on your list. Maybe you should uh, put a few alternates on there because I have thoughts on this. And I think like I think it's really tricky. um, And I'm wondering if that has come up for you over the years.
0: I mean, I think it comes up every single Christmas. Like there's always at least one kid who has some pie in the sky or they'll say, so what's the budget this year? (laughs) And I said, I'll say I don't share my Christmas budget with the kids. I don't because I don't want them to then go try to find something that they can max the budget out. Yeah, That's, I agree. It, it's it, and it's a fluid thing too. Like sometimes it depends like what else hat came up. I don't want to set an expectation that like oh I'm going to spend 300 bucks a kid or whatever. That's just not how I do things. I don't have I have no judgment for anybody else who does and I have an internal budget that I kind of use as my guide, but I'm not going to tell the kids that. Yeah. But I have a couple kids in my house who would try to see like how much they could maximize and They'd be like, well, just let's just say let's just say it was three hundred dollars. I would really just like to just have you spend all of that on this one thing. And I was like, sorry, dude, that's not how it works either. Like you don't get to micromanage my holiday spending. You're welcome to put the things you want on a list. And I'm always going to try to get you your heart's desire item. But Christmas also doubles as sometimes a, a time where they get a few things they need as well. So I'm not going to spend all the budget on this one thing you want. I have to want them to have that thing. And maybe I don't for whatever reason. That's a great point. So like there's, it's so nuanced and there's, so I just kind of shut down any, like, um, any kids trying to like, like figure out the code, like crack the code on how to get what they want. I've just shut that down and then nicely, but I've just shut it down. And then the other thing is just, um, they know they can make a list and they know the list will be strongly considered. And they know the more things they put on the list in a wide range, a uh, range of price ranges, the more likely it is that they're going to have some stuff they like.
1: Yeah. That's a great, that's a great point. And I think that is where we've landed the last couple of years now, especially my older two being able to do their own internet searching and create a Google doc is that I have said the same thing, like put, you know, put a bunch on there, have it be of different price ranges and see what happens. Um, Violet the other day was asking, it wasn't about a holiday gift. It was about something else, but she finally, I was saying, you know, I haven't made a decision about that yet, or I'm not sure how we're going to handle that yet. And she finally said, mom, I just want to know what to expect so that I don't get my hopes up and then get disappointed later. And I thought, well, first of all, I just acknowledge, like, yeah, that's a very honest thing to want for yourself. But right. I also felt like it was a teeny bit of a parenting fail just because I err on the side of letting my kids know what to expect all the time, all day for everything. Yeah. What time are we going to leave? What's for dinner? Like I'm really, really good on that end of the spectrum, which provides safety and security and structure and a lot of things that kids need. But also what kids need sometimes is to get their hopes up and be disappointed. And no, I that, totally agree. And yes. know that yeah. they have the, the skills and the resilience to handle disappointment. And I actually said that to Violet. I said, you know, I totally understand. We all We all are constantly trying to mitigate our own like potential disappointment. I said, but I will be here with you. If my, my final decision on this thing that you really want is a no, we'll work through it together and you will be okay. And I will help you with your disappointment. Cause that's also, it's also okay to get your hopes up and be disappointed. And it also like, I want my kids kind of to hope for things. Like I don't want them to constantly go through the world (laughs) expecting the lowest just so that they're not disappointed. So, I don't know, that's just something I'm thinking about. It kind of felt like a little bit I understood her, but it also felt like, ooh, maybe I've over kind of corrected on that.
0: Well, and it's also setting an expectation that I would be very worried I wouldn't always be able to upkeep, yeah, and or keep up, what whatever the word is there, and then like that's going to just become harder and harder the older they get. So, if if you had said, "You know what, I I understand that. That's how I am too." I understand that you need to know so I'm going to give you it like a yes or no for sure by <laughs> December yeah. 18th. Um but what happens if something goes wrong with the yeah. purchase and you don't get it or something happens in your budget and you have to change things at the last minute? I feel like if we set up the expectation that we're always going to do that yeah. then that can become a problem. Yes.
1: Over time. Yep. Yeah. No and I, and yeah. I definitely have kids who err on the end of yeah, needing to know what's going to happen and not handling um last minute changes super well surprise yeah 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 so
0: I also wanted to add that um along those same lines my kids definitely have a a cutoff for when they can reasonably make changes to their wish list (laughs) and have any hopes that any of those changes because that that was a Clara thing she used to want to make like changes up to like December 22nd or something I'm like you're welcome to change it but at some point I just wouldn't if I were you (laughs) Because it's very unlikely that I'm, it maybe it's nice to sometimes have other options in case there is like a, a gift imbalance and I need to rectify it and I run out and make a last minute purchase or something. But like, it's pro, like, don't take stuff off either because yeah. that stuff's not getting returned at this yep. point. It's just like, at some point, you got to let it be what it is. Yep. Yep.
1: Agreed. Um, Well, before we leave the gimme's and the and the wanting and the sometimes seeming greediness, is there anything else in this stage of having big kids and teens that just sort of pushes your buttons like like Mm -hmm. the equivalent of a little kid who, you know, is melting down in the candy aisle?
0: Yeah. And this is less about holiday, but more about year round annoyance at this stage with Clara and Owen the absolute most annoying gimme is constant requests to hit the drive through <laughs> constant. Like every time we're in the car and I don't even like the way they do it because they kind of have this like kind of, Hey mom, you know, it'd be really cool as if we went like, they won't even just outright ask. They yeah. try to yes, kind of like butter me up too. into yeah. it. And we're not a drive through family. Like we rarely go to the drive, hit the drive through. We rarely, rarely eat fast food. And that has been our reality for well over a decade, I kind of gave up on, you know, the convenient, I like just trained myself out of it when I think when Claire was a baby or maybe even before that might've been when Owen was really little. So we just don't do that. So I'm like, have any of you been paying any attention? We don't. So why do you keep asking? And I think they keep asking because it's a numbers game. If they ask 20 times, Mm -hmm. maybe they'll wear me down and we'll actually go one of those times. And that's even more annoying. Like that to me is super triggering the wearing me down, trying to play me. Yep. I do not like that. And I, and I really don't like it because they know it's not in line with what I do, what I want to do, how I want to spend my money, how I want them to eat. Like we have food at home kids. And yeah. so that just bugs me. It's just like a little nagging in my ear. I will say will completely stopped doing that once he has driver's license in his own car. Sure. Yeah. So in a job, you know, <laughs> yeah. and a job, yeah. right?
1: Exactly. Uh, yeah. I just second all of that. And um, with less drive through with us, but more like getting takeout or delivery and, um, and then like things that you're so right. It's so annoying as a mom, because it makes you feel like they're disappointed in what's your normal life, because then they're like, <laughs> exactly. they're disappointed. You said, no, only you were never going to say yes. So it's like, well, really you're just disappointed with like what you're you disappointed should put it in yourself. In the, really. But yeah, in the, in the regular life that you have yeah. because this was never, it's this not is not good. a takeaway. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Um, And yeah. I find that especially with, this is more on like the sweets and sugar and nutrition, but there's a lot of that with things like that are very much exception drinks, like sodas, milkshakes, but then get asked for like every other day. And it's like, no, like, just like you said, no, we are not, we're, we're not a soda drinking family. Like, where did you get that idea? And now I'm saying no to something that was never on the table in the first place. And you're acting like this is like, uh, right. Super disappointed. Like you've taken something away. Yeah. I agree. All right. That's on
0: them. (laughs) Exactly. We are welcoming back Vionic as a sponsor today. And Sarah, I will be honest. I was sorting through my warmer weather wardrobe the other day and it could seriously use a refresh, but you know, what's good to go. My shoes. To claim this deal, go to HayaHealth.com slash MomHour. The deal is not available on their regular website. Go to H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H.com slash MomHour and get your kids the full body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults.
1: All right, Megan. So we're shifting to talking about gratitude. And it's funny, in the episode from 2016, we kind of pushed back on the idea of these very at the time and maybe still trendy November gratitude daily practices that at the time I was seeing a lot on blogs and social media of like a thankful tree. There was I don't know if you remember this, but there was like people would have like decals on their walls that they would like put a leaf on every day with their small kids, they're preschoolers. I have
0: no memory of okay. any of this. This is so funny. It's well, like that must've just passed right by me.
1: <laughs> and we were in different generations, even though your Clara yeah. is my kid's age. I was deep in the yeah. little kid years and you were already in some of these big kid years, but what I, re- I was
0: also like early on in my separation. So yes. I was probably just grateful to be like alive at yes. that point. You
1: were not doing daily <laughs> leaf gratitude no, no, with no, your no, children. No. Well, I so. remember feeling a little bit, I, I wanted to push back on it because I felt like what I was seeing was a lot of pressure on moms to do a craft with very young children, which first of all, that's not even everybody's cup of tea. It's some people's cup of tea, but not everybody's. But also that then that writing what you're grateful for on a leaf every day of November would somehow make for grateful three and four and five-year-olds. And I just. Kind of push back on it in that episode, uh, if I recall, and you can all go listen. Um, what's funny is I think that that put me a little sour on any kind of a regular gratitude practice at the time I was not doing one myself, like a gratitude journal. I was not really doing it with my kids, and I can report that i have I have actually really changed in this area, so we can change our mind, and seasons of life will change us, but I now Regularly, well, I, I every day have a little one-line gratitude journal in my notebook, and I would call it more of like little things I notice that make me happy. It's less of like I'm thankful for my health and thankful for my family, and it's more of like really small things that happened or that I notice in the world that I'm grateful for. And I've been doing that probably for like a year and a half. I'm not gonna say it's like changed my life or anything, but I do it every single day, um, and then. We have a couple of things we do as a family. We're not we're not taping leaves to a tree on the wall still. Um, but we do at our regular family meetings, um, we open with I, got, I stole this from a first grade teacher, but it's called um, Aha Appreciation or Apology. And you can do any of them. So an appreciation is thanking someone else at the table for something they did that week. Um, An aha is something you realized or learned that week. And then an apology is if you, you know, if you owe anybody an apology for something that happened in the past Mm -hmm. week, you say that. And so I took that from a teacher who did it at her class meetings, but we do aha, apology appreciation at every one of our family meetings. And my kids really will go around. They don't have to. It's not, um, you don't have to say anything if you don't want, it's not mandatory, but the kids will really be like. I really appreciate that, you know, Reed took out the trash for me this morning. And so, so yeah, I guess all that to say I was, I was a little sour on formalized gratitude practices when we did that episode. And I can now report that we have a few in our family's, you know, routine that I really like.
0: I love that. And I also love that it didn't really add work to your plate. No,
1: not cutting out. If anything,
0: (laughs) it's almost like taking work off of your plate, because some of that is like parenting and coaching and stuff that you would have had to do in real time when you're thinking about, you know what I mean? Like pointing out things that you appreciate or whatever. Those are the kinds of things that as moms, I feel like we're looking for opportunities to do all the time. And there's a lot of pressure there to be always like, oh, I noticed that here's an opportunity. Here's a teaching, you know, teachable moment. But it's nice that now there's just this meeting where everyone knows they show up and do that. So they're getting the practice and you don't have to be quite so alert to it yeah, at all times.
1: And we're yeah. still as grownups, we're still doing most of the appreciating. We're doing most of that modeling. Um, but the older two kids, especially their school now does something similar. Like there's just definitely a, a culture of verbalizing your appreciation for other people it looks night and day different than when they were five and seven. So I just think, I think the, the main theme of this section, this gratitude section is this takes a long time. And if you have four and six year olds who act like gimme, 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 and not gratitude, that is so developmentally normal that that's what I want everybody to take away. So yeah. Yeah. So how about you? Are you into any kind of I guess, like capital G gratitude practice that like looks like some kind of structure. Of course, I know you are a grateful person, but is there any structure to that right now?
0: So I wish I could say that I had some like creative practice around that because I feel like it's the kind of thing I would dig. Um, it's also the kind of thing I would probably resist a little bit. So there yeah, you go. Well, Yeah, me. exactly. Yeah. But I, be- just because I'm not doing it doesn't mean I don't see the value in it. Um, I actually was just working on some content for mother of reinvention and um unearthed. And one of my very first episodes that I did with Nancy Davis co who wrote the book, the thank you project where she wrote a letter of thanks. She wrote 50 letters of thanks the year that she turned 50. Yeah. Um, And really the science that she gets into around why practicing gratitude is good for the person doing the expressing. So it's not even about like a lot of the people she wrote letters to were dead or she wasn't going to ever send the letter. It was, that was not what it was about, but it was about um, strengthening your positive recall bias to where you're seeing the world. Like you're remembering the good things that have happened to you because yes. your gratitude is coming through. And like, you have to think about when you sit and write a letter to someone, you have to think, here's how this person showed up for me. Here's what this person did for me, how they impacted me. You remember those good times, So you're reinforcing that positive recall rather than the negative recall, which a lot of us allow to just, well, unchecked, all of us will allow that Mm -hmm. to take over. Right. So I think that formal practice, it's not that you can't do that informally, but I do think a formal practice, um, can just support it, facilitate it. Right. So yeah, there's value there and, and it has my wheels turning.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That reminds me on our contributor team, Joanne has a book published called The Little Book of Joy, and it's 365 ways to celebrate every day. And what's funny is in my mind, I thought gratitude was actually in the title, but really it's her book is more about small ways to notice what's good around you every day. And it goes day by day. So like January 1st, January 2nd, and it's it's illustrated so cute. It's for, I would say like families, kids and adults we will link that up. But that reminds me of this overlap of what you're talking about, which the positive recall bias, noticing the things that are good um, and being grateful for them just kind of comes naturally. So I I guess that's how I see these small cultivations of gratitude is starting with the noticing and then this either writing it down or sharing it with someone. It's not even remotely the same as like, thank you for the present grandma. It's much more about like, noticing what's good and, and making it a habit to say it out loud or write it down. So yeah. Yeah.
0: I love that. Um, I have a copy of that book. That's really cute.
1: I love it. Um, well, let's talk about the actual receiving of, of gifts and with kids. And in, during the holidays, there is this like moment where grandma hands you a present and you open it. And in the episode, six years ago, we did talk about this, that, Kids are really at the beginning of their learning of social graces and they are sometimes super awkward. Like they sometimes are like, oh, I already have this one. Or like, ooh, yep. I hate pink. That's like not my favorite color anymore. And they will say the things that make adults cringe. And I guess like I just want to acknowledge that it's there's so much pressure on moms of young kids. And we've talked about this, Megan, so many times on the show. That public parenting piece where you feel like your kids are a reflection. Of your parenting at all times. And I think with gratitude and greed and the gimmies and the holidays, it ratchets up a million percent. But I would just like to lovingly remind our listeners that most of that is our baggage, our hangups as adults, our worries about what other people think of us, our family of origin relationships that are complicated. Children are just showing up as themselves, They're excited about what they're excited about. They're bummed about what they're bummed about. They're allowed to have their feelings. And of course, over time, you're going to model thank yous and you're going to teach them social graces. And little by little, they are going to get better about it. But I just I I cringe when I see adults of certain generations. Sometimes it's not even ours, but the one above expecting small kids to behave a certain way, to make adults feel comfortable. Does that make sense? Like, I feel like it's our job to work on our stuff and the kids will get there if we model the behaviors we want to see eventually.
0: Yeah. And that can be really, really hard when you're like the sandwich. Well, you're like the meat in the, you know, (laughs) in the unrealistic expectation sandwich (laughs) between two generations. Um, I think in that, old episode. I talked about a time, if not in that episode that I definitely have on the show before where my oldest two got a string of just objectively, really like shockingly disappointing gifts one after the next. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's like the person giving the gift should have known better, like right. just should have known better, but was not in a, just wasn't thinking, I guess, yeah. or was like removed from what it's like to have small kids. And they were both in tears and like how terrible I felt for them, but how responsible I felt to mitigate their tears and turn it into something that would be unoffensive to this other generation of people. And like, now I'm kind of, I'm not mad at myself that I did that, but I'm kind of like mad that I was in that position to begin with because it was unfair for everybody involved. Like it, it was unfair actually, even to the older people who did not get to experience (laughs) the natural consequences (laughs) Of expecting little kids to take a bunch of crappy gifts and like it. You know what I mean? Like, and I'm not going to get into any more than that. Like, I'm sure you can read between the lines. Yeah. Um, It's not about not giving kids exactly what they want. It's like, don't wrap up stuff. No kid wants to open and call it Christmas. Let's. Yeah. I'm just going to leave it there. Yeah. So what should I have done in that situation? I don't really know. I, know I, I don't know what I could have done differently, but I wish it hadn't been all on me. Mm-hmm to make it okay Mm -hmm. for everybody. Yeah. That's all.
1: Yeah. I I don't
0: know how, like I can't really now go back in, in time. No, we can't probably 15 years and fix it, but
1: yeah. Yeah. We can just have compassion. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So anyway, not the end of the world. And obviously I don't think anyone was damaged forever by it. Um, but I still remember it. And so it's just a good reminder. Um, when I am in five years, apparently going to be a grandma, (laughs) I doubt it, but we'll see. Um, okay, so another thing that came into my mind when we were talking about this is that, like, because we've been talking about there's like the giver side experience, but then there's the receiver side experience. And I think we tangle those up sometimes, right? And I guess I would say, even without a formal practice, just through modeling alone, I do think all of my kids are really good at in the moment acknowledging whether it's gratitude or social graces sometimes can be hard to suss out. Some kids are really good actors and you know, they seem very grateful. Yeah. They're uttering their socially, you know, um, appropriate. Thank you. Clara will sometimes say thank you. Like dozens of times. If we're like at a restaurant, she says, thank you practically every time the server walks past. And I'm like, okay, is she really just this grateful? is this just something she's internalized as something you do to be nice? I mean, I'm not complaining. It's just kind of funny. And I know that I like taught it to them when they were little, just remember to say, thank you, say thank you. But I probably also say thank you a ton. Like I'm sure I'm just sitting there saying thank you every time someone sneezes on me, like, Oh, thank you for that. Um, So I, I don't know, like, I can't really, I can't necessarily say that's helping them learn gratitude, but it, is a practice. The more you say, thank you, probably the more you feel it. Yeah. So I guess that makes me feel like, um, I guess what I would offer if there's anything helpful there is just that don't panic. If you have older kids or, you know, six-year-old kids or 10-year-old kids or whatever, and you haven't done any formal practice around gratitude, I do think it's still possible to raise kids who express gratitude and recognize gratitude. You don't have to have that. It is nice. And I, I, it is something I think about, um, but you don't have to, you don't have to have that. I wanted to share really quick that will, when he graduated last spring, Mm -hmm. um, we had his graduation party. And then one of the things that I nagged him about literally until like the day before he left for college Mm -hmm. was to get his thank you notes out. And I don't require Formal thank yous for everything, but there are things that you know. It's my arbitrary rule, and yeah, and yeah. um, graduation is one of them. And that's like, yes, you will send a, because people were giving him large amounts of cash. People who yes. didn't even really have a really strong relationship with yeah. him were supporting him by giving him cash, and yeah. like you don't just not acknowledge this. Yeah. This is something you sit, write a thank you for. So I have two thoughts around this. First of all, I got so many rave reviews about Will's thank you note like people called me to tell me how much they appreciated it because he was so detailed. Uh This is why it took him all summer to do it. He wrote like memories. So my sister actually took a picture of it and sent it back to me. She's like, he didn't even look, notice he didn't thank me for the gift. He just like thanked me for existing essentially. Like I remember the times that you would give up your living room so that, you know, the cousins and I could stay in there and we were always loud, but you were always so cool about it. And then like at the very bottom, like thanks for the cash. (laughs) So yeah, he took a lot of time and people loved it. So, you know, like there is, there is value to things that can seem outdated um, or outmoded or whatever, or maybe unnecessary. That doesn't mean you have to do them. It just means that when you do, I think they really do get noticed. Like my aunt Paula, like everybody who had some has brought up a way or found a way to mention it to me. Um, I also had a friend who had told me, you know, please don't feel like you have to make Will send me a thank you note. Like, I I don't expect that. I think that that's like an, you know, it's just like an, outdo- an outdated um, nicety kind of, that I yeah. don't need. But I made him do it anyway, because for me, the point wasn't really whether this one friend sorry to this friend wanted to get it. <laughs> I wanted him to sit down and think about the thing that people had done for him and be grateful for it. Yes. So. I was happy to override my friend in this case, even though I know she was letting me off the hook and that was very nice of her. It wasn't really about that. And that kind of got me thinking like how much of showing gratitude is about the receiver and how much is about the giver of the gratitude? Mm -hmm. You know, like how much is it about the way the person who you're thanking wants to be thanked? And how much is it about the way you thanking them? It's almost like a love language. like maybe somebody would really like maybe your server would rather you gave them a really big tip and just shut up and stop saying thank you. (laughs) But like whose needs matter more or is it it's not a zero sum game. I know, but just something to think about, I
1: guess. I love that. And it also I think uh, hopefully can let mom's off the hook. If they feel like it always has to be thank you notes for gifts. I, I actually yeah. think I'm, I'm similar to you. I have sometimes required thank you notes for some gifts from some kids at sometimes that's very case specific. Um, so I've done different things over the years, but as you were talking, I was thinking of how many thank you notes for gifts. My kids have totally phoned in because it's like, dear aunt so-and-so thank you for the blank. Right. Sincerely read. However, I always make my kids do holiday handwritten notes for teachers and end of year handwritten notes for teachers. And in that case, they really are thanking them for existing or for, you know, yeah. for being there. And those notes have been so much more meaningful because it is more of a like an appreciation than a just transactional. Thank you for the gift. So I guess the the point for parents listening is You have a long trajectory to give your kids opportunities to reflect and express gratitude. And it doesn't have to be like a a typical thank you note for every gift they've ever received. Um, When Reed was in sixth grade, I'll even ask his teacher to so I can link up this thing. But the sixth grade teacher had the kids watch a video of it's like a documentary of some kind where people called someone who had meant a lot to them or been a big influence in their lives and told them so on the phone. And it was this like super poignant, emotional video. And then they challenged the kids to pick up the phone that day and call someone, which makes, first of all, kind of makes me squirm because it sounds so awkward for sixth graders. And I think they had an, like, I think they didn't have to do it, but most of them did or something. I'll have to, I'll have to ask Reed, but Reed called his music teacher, his piano teacher and left him a voicemail. And then, and then I think wrote a letter or something. And it was so meaningful. So I am not above sort of uh, requiring kids like you required Will to write those notes, but then he did it in this way that was really beautiful and really was very authentic. So I think sometimes we can provide the scaffolding and then they they do have that appreciation in them, especially as they get older, probably not at six.
0: I love that. And I I guess I would also say that um, those outpourings of gratitude or whatever are not always going to. Revolve around a gift giving occasion. In fact, sometimes I think they're least likely to at a gift giving occasion because there's so much going on. Um, And then they'll come out at times that really surprise you. So, you know, we got a kitten not too long ago, Uh and like everyone is so in love with this kitten. It's like so adorable. They make up little songs about her and they carry her around. But multiple kids in my house have said to me, Mom, man, you just picked the best kitten. Like, really good job on that, Mom. Like, they're so grateful for this cat. And it's like there's an outpouring of gratitude for something. I didn't, I didn't like birth this kitten. And we just went to like a adoption day and picked a cute cat. It wasn't really like, I didn't have a lot to do with it, but the gratitude coming out of this thing, it's like really cute to watch. And, um, it wasn't like, it wasn't Christmas, but it made them like as happy as Christmas. It's just kind of fun when those little things happen and then you can go, Okay, so my 25-year-old knows how to, you know, thank me for yes. picking out a good kitten. Yes. Good for me.
1: Good for you. <laughs> but, I mean, my efforts do not always go unnoticed after all. Don't you think this entire topic fits squarely under the taking the long view that we always say yes. is like one of the tenets of this show is like yes, you can there are strategies for this holiday season you know, managing the gimmies and encouraging your kids to say thank you. Yes, there are. In fact, you can Google that and find some good strategies on the Internet. But really what we're saying is that this is an extremely long game. And so if you feel like it's not happening this year, like it's not you, it's not them. It's just not yet.
0: Yeah, I love that. That's a great way to sum it all up.
1: Okay, well, this was fun and it was also fun to revisit that episode from the archives. I would love to hear from anybody who does go back and listen to the episode. We'll link it up um, from 2016 that pairs with this one. Just, yeah, let us know. Leave us a comment or send us an email if you if you listen to that one and have any thoughts on the time machine. Um, and then for our Instagram subscribers, we have an Instagram only episode tomorrow. if you're listening to this on Tuesday, Wednesday the 16th, um all about just how basic we are Megan it's gonna be fun (laughs) we're gonna do a little show and tell it it pairs with Sunday's more than mom episode that you might have heard in your podcast feed and it's a little visual companion to that happening on Instagram so we'll link up how to subscribe so you can catch that and otherwise we're set for today Megan this was fun this was really fun talk to you soon Thanks for listening to The Mom Hour. Everything we talked about in today's episode is available at themomhour.com. And hey, while you're there, you can find more than 500 podcast episodes plus articles, playlists, and resources about motherhood and parenting at every stage.
0: And if you like today's episode, we'd love it if you would take a minute to share the show with another mom in your life. You can also find us on Instagram at the Mom Hour, chatting and interacting with listeners between episodes.
1: Thanks for being here, friends. We'll talk to you soon.